Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. In for an incredible morning this morning. We've got some weapons of people that are coming up in just a moment. I'll do a panel with us. Why don't you sit down, take your seat, get comfy. So we're talking about relationships. Ooh. Who, are, who has ever had a, a bad relationship before? Am I the only one? Surely not. Surely not. Um, and I was, thinking, I was thinking about this. It is literally within our DNA to be in relationship. In the beginning, I said that uh, God said, let us make man in our own image. So out of relationship, he then says, it's not good for man to be alone. And then out of that creates Eve, boom, some more relationship. Um, I love what it says in Psalm 133. It says, how good and pleasant is it when brothers live together in unity? So this is my thought. We were created from relationship and for relationship. And so we're going to be hearing from Jill and from Ralph in just a moment as they come up. Um, And we're going to hear a bit of their story about how they've navigated their own relationships and hopefully we can learn something and get closer to God in the process. How does that sound? Does that sound okay? All right. So, I am going to invite uh, Jill up. Now, Jill is our creative director and creative genius. Um, she has the ability to see beauty in things that most people will miss. Um, she's a mother of two girls. Um, her, she's got an awesome husband, Corey. Um, and I asked Meg, my wife, um, what she thought of Jill. And her response was, she's really cool and I wish I could be her when I grow up. Um, and that pretty much sums up how we all feel about Jill. So um, thanks, Jill, for, for being here for the panel. Let's give her a hand for being up here. And we've also got the uh, amazing Ralph Goulet, who almost needs no introductions. Almost. Um, Ralph's currently the Director of uh, Medical Services at the MARTA. Um, he's an elder and a board member, uh, married to Roz of almost 40 years, I believe. Almost 40 years. Um, and he has an incredible heart and vision for the, um, the physical well-being of the people in the Newcastle region. So incredible calling, um, amazing man. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing what you've got to say, Ralph. All right, let's get into it. Okay, what is one weakness and strength that you have in relating to people, Jill? One weakness and strength. All right. Um, uh, strength. So my strength is, and Corey will attest to this because I do it with him, my strength is I love a deep conversation. There's nothing much more that makes my heart happy than sitting with someone and talking about all their vulnerabilities and all of mine and I just feel so connected. So that's my strength. Uh, Weakness is I tend to project my own feelings on other people. So if I'm feeling insecure and weak and I tend to think that's what they think of me so it often stops me interacting with people or it stops me um what's the word it just stops me starting the conversation because I think I reject myself before they have a chance so that tends to be what I do <laughs> yeah. and Ralph um very similar for weakness in fact I am um, I'm actually pretty shy and um, a little bit insecure, um, and that's that's interesting in 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 um, in itself. And I um, I I suspect I'm probably a little bit too proud at times. And so, at at times, I mean, when you look at it, you think I I don't remember that person's name. This is to bring it down to practicality, and um, I don't remember that person's name. And if I start a conversation, I don't actually know their name. I'm going to look like an idiot. 
and I don't want to be an idiot. And, and it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, but that has definitely been a weakness. And um, a strength is I'm actually, um, I'm reasonably, I've got some skills at leadership. And um, so I, uh, anyway, it's, a, it's been a strength that I have. They're not, they're not. Um, I, I, I remember doing a, a thing here in Bible college um, about, you know, your, your map, whatever, dream map or whatever. And uh, I, I put down the 2IC type thing. So I've never, um, I've, I've never really wanted to be a, the number one leader or anything like that. I, I've got strengths in supporting and, and um, that's, uh, anyway, one of my strengths. Great. Both very self-reflective, very self-aware. I love that. Um, before we go any further, just quickly, if you are joining us online, it's awesome to have you with us. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the panel, and it's awesome that uh, you're tuning in today. Okay. Um, so, Jill, yeah. you've had um, an interesting upbringing and some interesting relationships along the way. Um, can you tell us about your biggest issue relating to your sister and how you get through that? I think siblings, <laughs> uh, uh, it's a bit of a Pandora's box, the, the, the relationship with, with siblings. Um, how did you get through it and um, what would you say to people who are struggling with family relationships? Yeah, so my sister and I are, are very close, always have been. So even at school, um, people would think it was weird that we'd go to the movies together and go shopping together. It was just the two of us and we're very close and that was pretty normal. And then we um, continued doing life very similar. We got married, we're only 12 months apart, we got married within... 12 months of each other and had kids very similar along we've got kids that are within a year of each other so everything we did was very the same very because we're very similar but what happened is we married very very different men <laughs> very different men and what that did to us is it meant that we both had to adapt to a different set of circumstances so I, I married she married someone who had no siblings. He was um, he was adopted, so he didn't have a very strong family connection. I married someone who had more extended family than I've ever seen, and they all live in Newcastle. So we very much did family very differently. And so what what happened is she ended up also with two autistic children. So her life was very difficult. She had no no family support. No no one around her and so her life became very difficult my life was actually pretty easy I had two neurotypical children I had lots of family I had a whole support network of extended family and so we found it very difficult to relate because we'd always had things that were very similar and I began to, and she also had a whole lot of health dramas including a brain tumour and a whole lot of things go wrong. I've never been to hospital in my life so I started to get a lot of survivor's guilt. I started to feel guilty for my life being so good and so I stopped sharing who I was with her because I felt guilty that I didn't want to tell her good things because her life was so hard and she felt rejected and so we just kind of completely drifted. I've, I withdrew and felt bad and then I didn't get to share any of my good things with her and she felt rejected and hurt. And so we ended up, we just didn't discuss it. We just ended up coming apart, which when we spent every minute, you know, we were our best friends together growing up and, and we just found it um, hard. But then 
I'm also from my, one of my strengths is that I love a good hard conversation. So, of course, I dived in and we, we had lots and lots of really hard conversations about the whole thing. And she actually didn't want me to feel like I couldn't talk about my family and my things. And I said, well, I'm really happy to hear all of your stuff, but sometimes I need to be telling you my good stuff. And she was happy to hear it. And so slowly by slowly, we worked through um, all, of our, all of our stuff. It, it took a long time and we're still doing it today. But um, I just wanted to also say, one of the things is though, I've also had a lot of family um, in our life that these hard conversations haven't worked and that is just the truth of it. One of the, the verse that I want to read to you, it says, um, it's out of Philippians. It says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but the interests of others. And I think sometimes that's the way we need to approach relationships is actually not what do I want to get out of this, but what do we want to do here? What, what do you need? What do you need from me? And sometimes we've had some conversations within a family that have not gone well. And it's usually because the other person isn't as invested in reconciliation or compromise. And so... I find when they're not invested in it too, it does become very one-sided. And I think this is where we've got to um, hand it back over. So in the Bible, Jesus, when he, his relationships, he some relationships he pursued and some they came to him. And I think sometimes we've got to listen to what, you know, God's saying about which relationships we pursue and which ones we've just got to wait, which ones we've got to wait until they're ready, until the Holy Spirit's, you know, work in their heart and that's the I think you've got to yeah decide which ones are the ones that you're going to go at and go hard and I went hard with my sister and it's a great we have a great relationship today but there's others that still aren't right in my life but I'm leaving those ones to God for his timing so mm. some wisdom in that Jill wow that was awesome so good um Ralph now, I found this statistic. 30 years ago, a majority of men, 55%, reported to having at least six close friends. Today, that number has been cut in half, so roughly three close friends, and slightly more than one in four um, have one, uh, more than six. But it says 15% of men have no close friendship um, as of uh, a fivefold increase from 1990. So I want to know, Ralph, a lot of blokes struggle with friendship and being known. So what are the keys to being a good friend? I think being a good friend attracts friends, yeah? So, so I think friendship is one of the great challenges for men. I honestly do think it's a really great challenge for men. And um, uh, I, I don't, certainly don't want to put myself up as an expert on this because, in fact, I, I actually think um, uh, one of the risks for my future is that, in fact, I do so many things that, some, you know, that I haven't necessarily maintained all the friendships I, I would want to. But I've got some things. So... Um, um, I don't really struggle that much uh, with with being known. Um, I I think that that's a real important thing. I actually think being open and being with the right people in the right place. I, I actually, you have to now actually include yourselves in, as being friends because I'm actually going to be vulnerable in front of you. So again, that's a, that's a trust thing, isn't it? So I'm I'm here and I'm saying stuff about myself. So that's a sort of example of of um, how you do friendship. You actually open yourself up and you share and you let people know what's going on in your heart, really what you're really doing, and you expect them to deal with that 
appropriately and, and honourably. Um, so I've got a couple of stories on, on, friend, on friendship. Um, I, I have um, a friend who uh, went through a hard time and um, he, he described as he went through that hard time that um, I basically strapped myself on his back and he felt like he was in a dark alley and that he was being attacked and together we counted things from each direction and we fought ourselves out of that dark alley. That's a, that's a pretty kind thing for someone to say to you. And, um, and I think that there are times when you do friendship, you really have to be that sort of person who's prepared to help your friend fight, fight out of a difficult place. I've also um, had this incredible um, fun thing over the last few years, except COVID got in the way, where I've gone away with a group of 10 blokes, mostly work friends, and we've gone skiing uh, together and it's ten blokes all medical or doctors and letting off steam and all a little bit wild and um, none of them Christians and um, uh, and we ski and we have fun and there's a little bit too much drinking and a little bit too much roughness but in that way it's a it's a really really good time and I've I've loved it um, but we're on the top of a mountain once and we were going to uh, ski down and um, the guide, so basically mostly what we did was off-piste skiing and I'm not that good and, but we were doing dangerous stuff. The signs say don't go here so we went there, that sort of stuff. <laughs> and we had two guides and, but we're at the top of the mountain and, and the guide said, um, he said the, the most dangerous thing that you're about to do, the, or the, the biggest danger here is your mates. And what he was talking about is being too close to your mates as you're skiing down this hill. So we're all, all skiing down. In fact, we could get down the, the mountains as we want to. But your, your, your biggest danger was actually in, in your uh, inability to keep a little bit of a distance. And um, so we, my, my only injury that I've had on that whole ski trip was from a mate who, on a snowboard, of course, who um, came, came from a blind spot and then took me out and I hurt my shoulder and couldn't ski for a while. And the, the truth is that sometimes, even in great friendships, even in, in really, um, really great things, you have to know when to put a little distance and when to be a, a person who fights, fights with you. So. That's great insight, Ralph. Really appreciate that. Um, Jill, how important are expectations and forgiveness in relationships? What's your experience been there? Yeah, it was interesting when I was thinking about expectations. It's all, have you heard that saying, what is it, um, don't, if you don't expect anything, you'll never be disappointed? Um, which is a very negative way of looking at things, really. But um, I was thinking about expectations, and um, I actually think they're really good. They're, they're the source of our hope, really. So... You know, I expect and I expect to get treated with respect from my husband. So that's a really good expectation. I um, I expect that I'll enjoy certain things in life. That's good. And even um, in the Bible, there was remember the the they lowered the man into the roof so Jesus could touch him. I mean, that was great expectation. If if they hadn't have had the expectation there would have been no healing there. So I think expectations are really, really important to, to walk into relationships having them. But I think what, 
the problem is that when is when they don't get met, when your expectations are unmet, and um, this this happened, you know, in our early stages of marriage, where uh, I came because we were from very different families, we had very different expectations on what what marriage looked like. So our my expectation was that you have four people in a family and you're a close unit and you don't do anything much else. I had no contact with any of my aunties or uncles or cousins. I didn't know anyone. So I had no expectations. Corey's expectations was that they're involved in every part of every minute of your life. And so you can imagine our lives were very different. Our, both of our expectations at times were unmet. I didn't want to go places. I was like, I'm so tired of people. And Corey was like, this is not how family looks. We're too insular. So our, the unmet expectations were there because we never talked about them. We never went into it talking about what do we expect out of... What, what does marriage look like? What does these things look like? And I think often in relationships, sometimes the expectations that we put are not... Out, they're not per, people don't purposely choose to hurt us by not meeting it. Sometimes it's all um, unintentional. It's what we think is normal. And we go into that relationship thinking, oh, isn't this normal? And then the other person's like, but they're hurting me. So I think sometimes we've got to get past that. Are oh, they intentionally doing that too? To hurt me. Um, so you're talking about um, the expectations that you kind of brought from your family and then projecting that on your marriage. Um, yeah. What are two things you had to overcome from your family of origin that have kind of uh, maybe the way they thought of them, the way that they related to move forward and become your own self and your own family? Yeah, I think... Because uh, initially when I was thinking about... Because I've always thought of family of origin and, and this type of thing and, and used to think it was some, like a blame, like... Oh, that's what the, that's what we did wrong. Or, but I actually think that the family of origin is actually where all of your default patterns get set. So I think um, it's not like my parents didn't intentionally, you know, they loved me and I love my kids. But I guarantee you, I put you know some expectations on my kids that they will probably have to get therapy or <laughs> something up later. With but that's I true. think yeah. <laughs> so probably the one thing that. The major thing in my life is also to do with my sister is because we were so close and we were always compared. Every We were compared um, what we looked like, what, you know, our academic. We had My sister had a multiple teachers tell her, I wish you were like your sister because I was an academic. I think she went to school sometimes. <laughs> she was not. So we... And even that even continued where... In our marriages, she married someone who was 10 years older, so he already had a um, money, you know, had, had a house, had it all. We had nothing when we got married. So they, the comparison was something that was never intentional, but it was just always there. We were very similar. And I think what it did is it's, it set me up to think that life would be fair and life would be even and life is not fair, and life is not, you can't, it's not something you can, you can't expect things. I've learned, one thing I've learned is that life will just throw stuff, and you've just got to, you've got to go with it. So, I think the comparison thing really set, set me up to discover, I think it was discovering through intentional gratitude of constantly reminding myself what I have actually got and not looking to what she got 
and what's she doing and how come I'm not like that? And so I think it's been very intentional and it's taken a long time, very intentional gratitude to get past that, that thing. So Intentional mm. gratitude, I like that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, we're going to shift gears quickly. So Ralph, um, how do you respond when your kids grow up and think differently to you? I'm really interested. This is my favourite question. I'm really interested in this. I'm going to everyone lean in. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, so um, our salvation hinges on this question, (laughs) Ralph. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) So um, uh, I have five kids. Um, We actually um, sort of intentionally uh, brought them up to be independent. And I think we define that as able to survive and look after themselves and be financially okay and to do that. Inadvertently, um, it made them independent of thought, um, which was which was not so good. And um, so I, I get hammered um, all the time on on things where I have a different view to what they do, and basically. Um, I know that your kids are going to want therapy because I, I again, poured love into my family all the way through and, um, and yet I'm, I'm the cause of nearly all their problems. <laughs> and it's not a joke. It's pretty, pretty painful at times. When, when the person that you actually think you uh, just have poured so much into um, blatantly just... Uh, blames you for everything that's ever gone wrong. It's not that easy, and um, so um, what's the question? <laughs> How do you respond? How do you yeah, respond? Yeah, so I suppose the answer is respect, isn't it? So the, the the reality is that God loves my children as much as He loves me, and that God died for them as much as me, and He's put, invested so much into them, much more than I ever have. And, in fact, they are adults. And they're not just my children. They are actually adults in their own right. And they actually have a right to have an opinion. And they, they have every right to have an opinion that's equally as valid as mine. Now, that, getting to that point is actually a little bit painful. But that's actually the truth. And, in fact, learning how to be respectful in their difference is really, really important. So, I mean, we've talked politics briefly this morning. I've been hammered through this week on, on, on politics. Uh, we've talked um, within the, the, the example I was wanting to give was um, I was recently chatting with one of my children who um, is struggling with why she believes everything she believes. And um, I've given it one way. It's put down to one in four. Um, I tried to actually keep the gender out of this sort of discussion. <laughs> But anyway, it was one of my children who, and um, she said to me, so what if I chose to um, believe that life would be easier to, to live without having to involve God in my decisions and my thought? And um, I think the truth is sometimes life is easier if you choose not to do uh, what God wants. It often leads um, to some simple things. Anyway, I... When we went through it, I, I said at the end, I would still love you. What I meant from that is that regardless of what goes on in your, in your world, I'm going to give you unconditional love. What she actually heard was still. 
and rejected my answer on the fact that that I would um, I, I would I had to use the word still, um, and that the um, that the very thought that you would not love your children because they chose not to love God was um, was you know incompatible uh, with with hey you're my dad of course you're going to love me, and um, so. The thing that makes you exactly who you are gets rejected. The truth is you have to express unconditional love. Um, even um, uh, unconditional love, <laughs> at the end of the day, the other verse I had was, you know, at the, end, at the end three things remain, faith, hope and love. The greatest of these is love. Just pour in, pour in love and make it unconditional. Fill it with respect. And um, maybe you won't... Get hammered quite as much as me. <laughs> By your kids. By your kids. <laughs> we're gonna start. We're gonna start landing. Um, I find it really fascinating how, how you speak about that, and it's, and it's quite. Um, uh, I've got a lot of respect for the way that you don't negate your own personal responsibility in that. I think that's a, that's a very. I don't think. I don't think that's that's normal. Um, or it's not. It's definitely not people's normal um, disposition to, to stay there. They want to push the blame. Um, and I, that's that's so admirable. Um, to come through that as a husband, how is how has your marriage been a source of strength? And have, how has your marriage helped you process and get through that? And what has been the key to keeping that part of the family strong? So. Um Little background: We um, uh, we got married as teenagers. Um, basically, Ros was the most vivacious woman I've ever met. She flirted with me. She put a hand in mine, and I gave her my heart. That's the bottom line, and it was good. It was really good. Um, so it was probably that and giving my life to God, two most important decisions I've ever made. She, um, we we do it together. She's incredible. Um, when we've struggled, um, sometimes with, um, you know, whether or not we go to church, whether or not we do that, there's always been a time where one of us would draw the other uh, back. Which is, so it's been so good to have had um, each other. And um, she's smart. So uh, we've done our marriage on seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I, I hear... Um, uh, today we, you know, make kingdom choices. I love that. Um, in in that verse, the the first word is seek. It's an act, it's a verb. It's actually get on with it. Actually, actively seek the kingdom of God, and all these things are added, uh, be added to you. My uh, when when we got married, we had nothing. We arrived here with nothing, and we have a lot. So you see us in a point in a long continuum. Um, the, the truth is that that, that foundation built what's, what's grown. And the, everything that we have um, and have uh, achieved together has been out of that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And um, interestingly, I, my funny little anecdote is just recently they changed, the, um, they changed our address. Uh, so we lived at... Um, B1021 Moroni Avenue, Newcastle. It's a... It's, it's, a it, yeah, it's okay. Oh, you can scrub it. Anyway, they changed the address, basically, to 633... The, thing. They, the, the government just decided they weren't going to call it. So they put 
They have lined my home address with my spiritual opinion of Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom. So it's pretty interesting. God, God is in control and um, that, that's the secret to our marriage is that we've done that. Um, the part of the thing I wanted to share, uh, I, I asked the question differently and I just wanted to say it just quickly, is um, that one, one of the, the challenges for a long marriage is to just maintain... Um, maintain for, for me god once told me that ros was a supermodel it happened to be at a time where i didn't think she was and i so i had to work through that process where he was saying that she was better than i was thinking she was i realized he was serious so i i had to align my thinking with god's thinking the truth is you're probably all married to supermodels or superstars and in fact um, god wants you to remember that and despite the ordinariness of all your life, you, you've got to somehow remember the supermodel status of the person you're with and incorporate that into overcoming the ordinariness of 40 years of being together. Anyway, so... So good, Ralph. Yeah, give me a clap. Right, I'm going to finish here. Uh, question for both of you. What do you want to be remembered for? Okay, mine's short and sweet. Um, I just want people to, especially my family, but I want them to remember me for loving. I just love and loving passionately, whether it was my family, my church, my God. I just want to be remembered as someone who, someone who loved. Mm. Uh, I did write more. Um, but that was my, my first line as well. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I would like the kids and Roz primarily to remember um, uh, that, that I loved God and I loved them and I lived my life out of that. And um, anyway, that's what I'd really like them to remember. There's a whole lot of other things I, um, I hope people rem remember, you know, that I saved their life or I did something good <laughs> and I hope those people speak up loud and clear and say lots of really good things but re really the um the fact is that you don't get to choose what you're remembered for and um and as we're aware it's pretty easy to blow an incredible um effort and um so you, you life is long and there's plenty of opportunity to still completely stuff it up and um <laughs> it is and um they're so simple some of the traps that people fall into and so i i just am hoping that i can live out my life the way i, I wanted so good so good yeah give me a hand uh john 15 says uh i give you this command love others as i have loved you um and it's it's actually said that um that, that john in his final days when he wasn't even able to walk um, was getting carried in and all he would say is love each other, love each other, love each other. And so um, we're just going to do two quick responses. One's going to be for people who are feeling like they need some relationship restoration. And I really want Jill to pray over those people. Um, and the second one is going to be ones that are feeling that tug home to God. They're feeling that calling back, whether it's a recommitment or whether it's the start of a new relationship with God. He's calling you home. He's knocking at the door and he's ready to receive you if you're ready to receive him. So with every eye closed, if the relationship issue is something that has been 
on your heart, it's something you've been wrestling with, something you've been struggling with, would you be able to just raise your hand so that we know who we're praying with? That would be awesome. So good. And let's get Jill to pray over those people. Thanks, Jill. Lord, um, we come to you, Father, with all of our brokenness. We come with all of our hurt from relationships, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you will work in us, Lord, to show us the things that we need to do, Father, for that relationship, Lord. And I just pray that you bring a peace over that, all those relationships that aren't, aren't good at the moment, Father. I just pray, Lord, that you'll work on the hearts of the others, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will um, speak into to them, Lord, and prompt them to make the to, to reach out as well, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you will not leave anything um, undone, Father, that you will work all things together for good, and you will work these relationships back to Lord, back to strength, back to back to you, Father. And we just thank you that you love us and you love the people that we that are we that are hurting as well, Father. And I just thank you that that you will do these things. Thank you, Lord. Amen. With every eye bowed, every head bowed and every eye closed, if you responded or resonated with that word about being reconnected to God or starting that relationship, I'd love if you did pray and pop your hand up so our pastor at the back can see you and so Ralph can pray for you. Let's give you a moment, a special moment. So, Lord, I, I pray that we would all um, give our hearts to you. I pray, Lord God, that we would all just put up our hands and just say, God, we want to live our lives for you and um, we want to be home. We want to be in close uh, relationship with you. And we do give you our lives. And um, I ask that you would somehow help us to live them out for you. In Jesus' name. Thanks, church. Thanks, Des. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.